Governor Kathy Hochul announced a $1 billion, quote, comprehensive plan to fix New York State's continuum of mental health care, end quote, in her State of the State address on Tuesday. To help unpack this plan, I'm now joined by Matthew Shapiro, Senior Director at National Alliance on Mental Illness, New York State, NAMI. Welcome back to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you. It's so great to be back. Great. So could you give us like a brief overview and then we'll dive into some of the specifics in this plan? Definitely. We were, so, we're very excited about this plan and, and the fact that it really is a plan, which that kind of sounds funny. But, you know, we're really excited that the governor um, has really marketed this as a continuum of care and, and, a, and a mental health system because we have argued for so long we don't really have a mental health system. We kind of have a patchwork system of disjointed services and supports that aren't linked and aren't uh, really, you know, joined in a system. So to see that, um, that goal is very, very exciting. And just to see mental health, given the type of priority that Governor Hochul gave it, is so exciting. I've been with NAMI for 15 years, and I've never seen mental health discussed that way in the state of the state address. So that was very, very exciting as well. Oh, that's great. Often some of some of the um, lawmakers tend to give these blanket kind of addresses to issues such as mental health without really understanding the deeper issues and, and the chain of what leads people to have healthy solutions. So you feel like this is some, uh, th- these are good solutions being offered. Definitely. You know, it's so funny when I was reading the State of the State book, I, I turned to my wife and I said, I feel like I wrote like 75% of this because it's all things that have been in our advocacy memos and our testimony. It's arguments that have really been the tenets of our advocacy message for so long now. And really, you know, for so long, our main message is that we need to expand access to mental health services. And that starts by really creating a mental health system that creates a continuum of care. You know, for too long, they, um, the state has taken from one system, usually the hospital system, uh, to pay for community uh, services. Basically, for every bed that was eliminated out of the state psychiatric hospital system, they invested $100,000 into community services, which, of course, those investments were necessary, but you're really robbing Peter to pay Paul, and, and that's not expanding access. So to see an aggressive plan that really has concrete uh, ways to address both the inpatient and community-based services and really can create a continuum of care and other critical things that we've argued for, including um, better discharge planning and better uh, admitted planning and, and connecting people with services when they get come out of the hospital. So, you know, it's, it's not, as you said before, kind of a big... Uh, 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 prom- uh, promise. It's really a pretty. A lot of these plans are pretty concrete, and we're really excited about where they're going. Great. So let's start with the inpatient care. What are you excited about in this plan, and what does it include? Sure. Now, before I even get to that, I just want to say that you know, when we talk about hospitals, I think there's a lot of misconceptions, especially with psychiatric hospitals. We, in no way, are we arguing that we need to go back to asylums or you know, housing people with mental illness, locking them away and throw away the key. We know there have been so many problems with that, but hospitals are an important part of a continuum of care. You know, if someone needs an acute, uh, you know, 
acute services to a treat a, a serious psychiatric issue, hospitals are the only ones that can provide that. And too many New Yorkers have struggled to uh, to find inpatient care. Often we, we hear stories of people trying to access, you know, going into a psychiatric emergency room here in Albany County or Rensselaer County, and they, they wait for three days and a bed isn't available in the community. And they end up in Westchester or Binghamton, away from their families, away from their support. So that's very concerning. So what this plan will do is one of the main things that have kept uh, uh, psychiatric beds low is that Medicaid doesn't reimburse at the same amount as uh, for psychiatric issues as they do for physical issues. So one of the things the governor is trying to do is increase the Medicaid reimbursement for psychiatric beds, which will hopefully get more beds online and really hold hospitals accountable and fining them for not putting beds back online. So her goal between adding beds into the public, the, the Office of Mental Health Hospital System and the private hospital system is to add a thousand beds across New York State, which are desperately needed. And how is the community need addressed in this plan? Sure. So uh, in a very wide array of, of programs, uh, things like uh, assertive community treatment teams that meet people where they are, um, which, you know, Albany County and Rensselaer County do have examples of that, uh, creating more crisis stabilization services. I think we've discussed that before, you know, having alternatives to emergency rooms in the community that are better designed to meet the needs of people who are in a psychiatric emergency, which are different than physical emergencies. And of course, one of the things that we're most excited to see is serious investments in mental health housing programs with wraparound services. I mentioned earlier how we never want to go back to asylums. We know that recovery can happen best in the community. If you give people not only a safe place to live that they can call their own, but provide them the basic you know, supports that they need to advance their recovery, getting them to doctor's appointments, making sure they adhere to their medicine, and these type of programs, they're graduates, so people advance up towards more independence. And really seeing um, investments that the governor hopes to create, 3,500 new units of this type of housing, very, very exciting. But I do want to temper our excitement with one thing. that the, the one thing that we don't see in the state of the state or that's not mentioned yet is how we're going to take care of our mental health and behavioral health workforce. Because... Without the dedicated and caring workers that execute these programs, they're the foundation for what, what access is built upon. So there's been a real uh, problem maintaining and sustaining workers because the salaries aren't what they should be, which is why we're fighting for an 8.5 cost of living adjustment for mental health workers or behavioral health workers, people who do both mental health and substance use work, um, as well as other investments to, to stabilize this sector because in some ways you're putting the cart before the horse a little bit by investing in the programs, but not investing in the staff to execute the programs. Could that result in an incoming group of professionals who are not well trained in handling the situations they have at hand? Well, not that they're well trained. I I, I think part of what you see is uh, when you get a lot of turnover in these cases, cases like you know a continuity of care is so important to recovery when you know when you're someone who's living with a mental illness but even a more serious mental illness and you have a caseworker it takes time to build trust with between your you and your caseworker 
learn for the caseworker to learn how to communicate. I mean, it's like any, even you know when you have a relationship with a therapist that takes time to build and, and to grow. And if your your case managers and your therapists are keep changing, it's very hard to create the type of relationships that are needed to best drive recovery. And due to the situation right now, there's a large turnover of home care workers. Yeah, mental health programs are having a really tough time maintaining their staff because they're not compensated properly. And, and the work that they do is very demanding. It, it's, you know, a lot of these jobs can be 24, you know, they're around the clock. Uh, you know, they're not nine to five jobs. They're difficult. And not only do you have to be very expert and skilled in these jobs, but you really have to be compassionate and caring. And finding those type of people are difficult and, and keeping them and sustaining them is even more challenging. But they are, like I say, the foundation to which services are built. So without people to deliver the services, services are really impossible. Now we're quickly running out of time. We only have about a minute left. We haven't even touched on that there's expanding mental health services for school-aged children. You did mention the lack of support for the workforce in this field. What else would you, uh, and maybe NAMI, if you can speak from NAMI, what would you do differently in this plan if you had had $1 billion? Well, you know, maybe the one thing where we don't see the type of investments besides the workforce, and we talked about this the last time I was on a a little bit, is more programs to improve the criminal justice mental illness interface and how to improve uh, interactions between police and people living with a mental illness and and create better outcomes uh, from the criminal justice system. So New York has made a lot of advances last year on that, but we want to make sure we continue in, in that direction as well because it's so important. And the criminal justice system can be a driver for recovery if used correctly. So with this plan in place, do you feel like there can be a push for further uh, movement? That would be great. Yeah, so there definitely could be legislation that can strengthen that. But the investments that we see are very strong. And, and uh, again, you mentioned the kids one. Those are the ones that are a little less defined right now. We're going to have to see what that looks like a little bit. So we didn't get to talk about that one as much, maybe when I come back. But we are, by and large, very excited about these investments. Thank you so much for joining us, Matthew Shapiro and Hudson uh, Thank Mohawk you, for, as always, for having me.